Good morning, everyone. Uh, a nice warm welcome in this horribly wet day. But then again, it is Stevenson, so we expect that. Uh, <clears throat> also welcome those who are listening to us on, well, I don't know what it'll be, internet, telephone, so many uh, medias. And welcome those who are watching on the internet too. Uh, only a couple of intimations. Uh, the Girls will be on Wednesday and the uh, Guild on Thursday, uh, both in the, in the church hall. And nice and short, uh, hand over to Scott. Well, thanks so much, Billy, for just introducing our time of worship together. We're going to worship together. This is a beautiful hymn. And I know it's a favourite of many of you. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. So we'll, we'll worship together.
Let's join our hearts together as we pray. Let, let's pray. O oh, our eternal and heavenly Father, this morning we rise to a new day, a day of new beginnings. For your mercies are new every morning. Lord, we often live in bondage to feelings of insecurity and inadequacy. Often we wake up feeling maybe that anxiousness, that fear, worry for others. And Lord, so often our hearts tend to condemn us, believing that our sins must repel you so much. Yet the truth of the gospel is that our sins actually draw you in tender love, mercy and grace. And so, Lord, this morning we're amazed by your grace. We're amazed by your love. For you are the Lord of glory. And so we ask that you would set us free from our fears and struggles. Heal us from our hopelessness. And forgive us all our sins. Although our sins, they are many. Oh, your mercy is more. Oh, in compassion, draw near. Open the eyes of our hearts. Oh, to truly know you. To know you're with us. To taste and see of your goodness. Oh, to behold your beauty and greatness. And Lord, help us to remember whatever battles we face, in Christ there is victory. When we face the enemy of our souls, Oh, in Christ, there is victory. And whatever struggles we encounter, in Christ, oh, there is victory. Lord, we can say with the Apostle Paul, thanks be to God, for he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And as we abide in your beautiful presence, oh, lift our hearts as we share together in the prayer Jesus taught his disciples, praying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Well, we take our reading this morning from the book of Ruth, and there in chapter 3. Chapter 3 of the book of Ruth. One day, Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, should, should I not try to find a home for you, where you will be well provided for? Is not Boaz with whose servant girls you have been, a kinsman of ours? Tonight he will be winnowing barley on the threshing floor. Wash and perfume yourself and put on your best clothes. Then go down to the threshing floor, but don't let him know you are there until he has finished eating and drinking. When he lies down, Note the place where he is lying. 
Then go and uncover his feet and lie down. He will tell you what to do. I will do whatever you say, Ruth answered. So she went down to the threshing floor and did everything her mother-in-law told her to do. When Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he went over to lie down at the far end of the grain pile. Ruth approached quietly, uncovered his feet and lay, and lay down. In the middle of the night, something startled the man and he turned and discovered a woman lying at his feet. Who are you? he asked. I am your servant Ruth, she said. Spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are a kinsman redeemer. The Lord bless you, my daughter, he replied. The kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier. You have not run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. And now, my daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all you ask. All my fellow townsmen know that you are a woman of noble character. Although it is true that I am near of kin, there is a, there is a kinsman redeemer nearer than I. Stay here for the night, and in the morning, if he wants to redeem, good, let him redeem. But if he is not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, I will do it. Lie here until morning. So she lay at his feet until morning, but got up before anyone could be recognised, and, and said, Don't let it be known that a woman came to the threshing floor. He also said, Bring me the shawl you are wearing and hold it out. When she did so, he poured into it six measures of barley and put it on her. Then he went back to town. When Ruth came to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, How did it go, my daughters? Then she told her everything Boaz had done for her, and added, He gave me these six measures of barley, saying, Don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. Then Naomi said, Wait, my daughter, until you find, find out what happens, for the man will not rest until the matter is settled. Amen. May the Lord bless us the reading of his precious word. And so now, as we come into chapter 3, when I was reading it this week, I was again reminded of that prayer. Do you know that prayer? Lord, I want to see you more clearly. I want to follow you more nearly. And I want to love you more dearly. Do you know, it's a beautiful prayer, a very simple prayer. And I believe it's the prayer of every Christian to know an intimate relationship with Christ. I believe every believer has a deep longing to know Christ more deeply, to know the Redeemer more intimately, to know a closer walk with God. I know it's one of my favourite hymns and I keep quoting it, but William Cooper, you know, when he penned that hymn, he was suffering from depression. He attempted to take his life on numerous occasions. He knew what it was to feel at rock bottom, but yet he had put his trust in Christ and the longing of his heart was always, oh, for a closer walk with God. Lord, where's that joy I once knew? Oh, Lord, to see you more clearly, to follow you more nearly, and Lord, to love you more dearly. Is that your prayer? 
And so here's Ruth, that woman of noble character, a Moabite, a poor woman, and now Boaz. Oh, something's touched his heart about the life of Ruth. And so chapter 3 begins where Naomi now gives counsel to Ruth in what the next encounter will be. Naomi, she longs that Ruth would know love again, that she would find security, that she would find peace, that she would find rest. That's Naomi's desire for Ruth. And so she has a word of counsel how Ruth can see more clearly her Redeemer. Naomi has some counsel for her in order how, she, how Ruth can follow more nearly. And of course, Naomi has some counsel for her in how she can love her Redeemer more dearly. So what does Naomi counsel her to do? Did you notice? She's told to go and prepare herself to encounter her Redeemer, to encounter the one who I know, or I'm sure Naomi must have known, that something was going to come. The king is coming. And so Ruth has to prepare herself. How does she prepare herself? Well, she's told to bathe, to wash herself, and to anoint herself with perfumes. And then she's told, now, clothe yourself. Don't wear the, the dirty clothes you've been wearing out at the field today. Bathe yourself, anoint yourself, and clothe yourself. I like that. She's to be clean, consecrated, and clothed for her Redeemer. Is that not a wonderful picture of the gospel? In James chapter 4, verse 8, we're told, Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. So how do we clean ourselves? How do we bathe as Christians? Well, the Bible tells us that we're to be washed in the precious blood of Christ. The precious blood of Jesus, when we put our trust in Christ and his finished work on Calvary, knowing that when Jesus died and his blood was shed for us, that blood of Jesus that poured from Calvary, that blood is what cleanses us of our sins, washes us clean. We're told that that precious blood sets us free. The precious blood of Jesus sets us free to live a fragrant life. But we're also to be washed, not just in the precious blood, but we're to be washed also in the Word of God. Jesus highlights in his prayer, in his high priestly prayer in John 17, that the Word of God sanctifies us. And as the word of God cleans us, yes, sometimes our emotions are then cleaned and we feel God's presence while we read and we feel his word having an impact in our lives. But it's not, it's not all feelings. 
But we're told if we want to draw near to our Redeemer, if we want to love him more dearly, to see him more clearly, and to follow him more nearly, then we're told, oh, we're to be washed in the blood. We're to be bathed in his word. And we're to be clothed with Christ himself. When Jesus hung on that cross, he wore your garments. He took our garments, our filthy garments. He took our sins. As he was nailed to the cross, he wore your clothes. And at the cross, Jesus gave, his, gave us his clothes. He gave us his robes of righteousness. What a royal exchange happens at Calvary. Remember that the cross was where you received your new clothes. And Christ clothes us when we put our trust in him, when we look to him, when we look there at Calvary. Again, we're reminded that we are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. His garments have become ours. And so Ruth is told, if you're to draw near to your Redeemer, then you're to wash. You're to anoint yourself too. You're to wear perfumes. Having the life of the Spirit fill you, where you become a fragrant life, where you are like perfume. You are the smell of life to those who are going to be saved. You're to be a fragrant life. You're to be consecrated to the Lord, anointed for him. Be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God, the Father for everything. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, Ruth, she was to wear clean garments. She was to wear the best she had. And when she went out to meet her Redeemer, she chose to wear grace. Oh, I love that. Ruth wore grace that night as she went out. As she heard what her mother-in-law said, oh, notice Ruth, she did everything that her mother said. She obeyed. She surrendered to her mother-in-law. She took the advice. She didn't just hear or listen to what her mother said and then went off and did her own thing. No. She heard and she lived out what she heard. Exactly how the Christian should live. As we hear the word of God, we're not just to listen to it, we're to be doers of the word. We're to live it out too, like Ruth. And so Ruth responds. Again, you know, it, it reminds me of the book of Esther. Remember Esther, when she was preparing to be with the king for a night and hopefully for all her days she would abide and stay in the field of the king of Persia. We're told that as, Ruth, uh, sorry, as Esther was to prepare to encounter the king, we're told that she bathed in perfumes for six months and then she bathed in oils for six months a whole year of preparing just to meet the king 
we've got a lifetime. Whatever the Lord has given us to prepare to meet our King. We're to be like Ruth. We're to be like Esther. And so here the gospel is so clear, isn't it? When we put our trust in Christ our Redeemer, oh, he cleans us, he consecrates us, and he clothes us. But now I want you to notice, as Ruth now leaves her mother-in-law, Naomi, she now has an encounter with Boaz. They're at the threshing floor, and this is a significant place for Ruth. Her mother-in-law said, now remember, go to the threshing floor. What's the threshing floor? Well, the threshing floor was often, it was, it was often a hill, it was in a hilltop. It was the place where the grain, after you had cut the grain by hand, remember there was no machinery in, the, in those days, you had to cut by hand, and then you would gather up all the bundles and you would carry them to a hilltop. And you would look for a wee shelter, a wee cleft of a rock, where there'd be a flat ground area. And there you would beat out the grain. And then you would take the grain and you would throw it up in the air. And the wind would then separate the chaff and the wee kernel of grain would be left. It would fall to the ground. And all these kernels would be gathered in heaps at the threshing floor. And there at the threshing floor... The workers would often sleep. They would sleep for the night, protecting their harvest. Because sometimes animals would come. They would smell the grain. Or it could be an enemy of Israel would come. They knew the times of harvest. Do you remember Gideon? We're told that Gideon was on the threshing floor when the angel of the Lord met with him. And here's Gideon, poor me, the enemy keeps coming and robbing our, our harvest. And so here, Ruth is told, that's where you're to go. You're to go to the threshing floor. And there, Boaz will be resting. He will be sleeping there tonight. The threshing floor was a place of encounter. Yes, Gideon encountered the Lord there. But you also remember King David was told to buy the threshing floor of Aruna or Ornan. He was to buy that place which would later become the very foundation place for Solomon's temple, Mount Moriah. The threshing floor of Aruna. Places where God would reveal himself to his people. Where he would reveal himself to Gideon and David. And of course, remember Jesus told Peter, Peter, Satan has asked that you be sifted. And so even Peter was told that he would be sifted at Satan's threshing floor. And so here's Ruth now coming to the threshing floor, the place of decision, the place of separation, the place of encounter. And here she meets her Redeemer. Of course, he's already fallen asleep. And she hides there at his feet. She pulls the blanket over her and shelters there under 
the wings of her Redeemer. And so it was here. Ruth just rests. She finds peace. She finds security for a moment at the feet of her Redeemer. But we're told that through the night, Boaz, he takes a shiver. Now the word can also be that he got a fright. Some believe that he was woken up because he had a dream. God was maybe speaking to him through a dream. But whatever the situation, we know that he was startled. He just woke up suddenly. And then I'm sure <laughs> poor Ruth must have got a kick because he felt some, someone at his feet. And he shouts out, Who are you? And Ruth, who's been wearing grace, says, I am your maidservant. Now remember, Naomi had instructed Ruth to, to do whatever he will tell you. He'll tell you what to do next. But did you notice what Ruth did? She tells Boaz. <laughs> I like that too. She said, spread the corner of your garment over me since you are my kinsman redeemer. And you know what I love about this? is that I am so reminded of Christ through the Gospels. Right through the Gospels, Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. All, right through the Gospels, you often see Jesus saying, what can I do for you? What would you like me to do? Who are you? And so Boaz, in like manner, in that servant heart, he says, I'll do whatever you ask. Like Christ. In Ezekiel 16, God declares, I covered you with my garment. Now in Ezekiel 16, that's an idiom for, I married you. The Lord was telling his people, I covered you with a garment. I married you. And here's Ruth saying, spread the corner of your garment over me, since you are my kinsman redeemer. Ruth was saying, place your robe over me and make me yours. Make me yours. For you are my beloved and I am yours. Oh, place your garment over me. And of course, Boaz does what she asks. She is covered in grace, in love, in mercy, in forgiveness. And even before she leaves, she's given bundles. <laughs> she's given measures of grain to carry with her in her wee shawl. Oh, she's found shelter under the wings of her Redeemer. Oh, Ruth, well done. And you know, the book, chapter 3 of Ruth now finishes, where she goes home and tells Naomi all that happened. And what a wonderful report, back, report she brought back. He received me. He comforted me. He cared for me. He blessed me. And I'm sure Ruth knew deep down. And he loves me. 
Oh, Naomi must have lit up. Oh, he received me, he comforted me, he cared for me, he loved me. That's our Redeemer. When we put our trust in him, he receives us. He really does care for you. He really does love you. Whatever you're going through today in your own life here at the High Kirk and those listening online, whatever you're going through, oh, our Redeemer, he cares and he welcomes you, he receives you and he wants to bless you this morning. What now? Well, Naomi tells her daughter-in-law, wait. Wait for him. Wait for him. And you know, that's what we're to do. The Lord regards us as his beloved. All who have put their trust in Christ, we're his bride. And we're to wait for him. He's getting our house ready. He's getting that eternal mansion ready for each one of us. And we're told, therefore, wait for him. Wait for him. Oh, can you see your Redeemer? Can you see Jesus this morning in chapter 3 of Ruth? Can you see him more clearly? Can I also ask you, and can you follow him more nearly? And will you love him more dearly? Oh, that's my prayer for each one of you. And so let's spend this wee moment together as we just surrender our hearts to the Lord. Oh, be like Ruth. You just shelter under his wings, his care and his love today. Yes, just come to the feet of Jesus with everything that's on your heart. And may the Lord just bless you in this time. So let's pray. Let's pray together. <clears throat> Be still for the power of the Lord is moving in this place. He comes to cleanse and heal. To minister his grace. No work too hard for him. In faith receive from him. Be still. For the power of the Lord. Is moving in this place. Father we thank you. That these words are so true Lord. That we are in your presence. And you are moving amongst us. And that you are touching each one of us and meeting our needs we thank you Lord that there is nothing that is too hard for you and Lord we just hold out our hands to receive from you we thank you too Lord for your word to us this morning and ask that you'll help us to take it into our hearts we thank you for Scott's faithfulness and ask you to bless them and Antonia and the family as they serve you here at the High Kirk. Father, we pray for the COP26 Climate Change Conference in Glasgow. We pray for our planet and for the world leaders who make the decisions that could change the world that you created. We pray that any protests that may go on during this period will be peaceful and not violent or obstructive. We pray that you will speak into the minds and hearts of all those involved 
Lord, this is your creation and you are in control. Help all of us to make it a better place to live until you return. Lord, we pray too for our Queen at this time and we pray for her health. We give thanks that she knows you as her Saviour. Lord, we pray for those in our fellowship that are unable to attend church just now for whatever reason, illness, being housebound, concerns over COVID. Lord, bless each one of them. And may those watching or listening to the service from home come closer to you. Lord, we pray for those of our friends and family who are unwell or in hospital at this time. Lord, we ask for a special blessing upon them and that you will be close to them and that your Holy Spirit, the Comforter, will be with them. Again, we thank you for the opportunity that you give us to bring our tithes and offerings. And we ask you to take them and use them for the extension of your kingdom. Lord, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm going to let you keep your seats as we sing in our next hymn, King of Kings, Majesty. Majesty, God of heaven, living in me, gentle Savior, closest friend, strong deliverer, beginning and end. All within me falls at your throne.
and so may grace, mercy and love and joy be yours. In God our Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And may you know his covering now and forevermore. Amen.